When Andrea Bell opened the door of her suite in the Fairchild Hotel in New York, she expected maid service or a bellhop. Instead, she found herself face to face with the worst thing she could have imagined. She'd seen the man talking to Grace in the Museum of Modern Art earlier that day, and there'd been something about the way he was looking at Grace, the subtle smile, the lean of his body toward hers, that suggested predator and prey. And here was the predator at her door. Still standing in the hotel hall, he looked beyond Andrea. She saw a quick movement of his head and darting of his eyes to make sure they were alone. His eyes. The predator again. Then he showed her a gun, which he drew out from beneath his light jacket that was still spotted with rain from the drizzle outside. It was a stubby gun of the sort operated with both hands, and it had what Andrea had heard referred to as a banana clip. An automatic rifle, she believed. Rat-a-tat-tat. She knew little about guns, but she understood that the carnage could be astounding. Andrea had never had a gun pointed at her. She taught art, not war. Her legs went rubbery as she stared into the black hole at the end of the muzzle. It was hypnotic, the way the gun's dark bore seemed like an eye gazing back at her with malicious meaning. She retreated as if in a trance when the man pushed his way in and closed the door softly behind him. He raised a forefinger to his smiling lips in a signal, a warning for her to remain silent. Then he clicked the gun onto a clasp on his belt so it dangled pointed forward. He smiled with his head cocked to the side and shrugged while displaying turned-up palms as if to say, See, no problem here. Nothing to be scared of, lady. And like that, he had her by the neck. She knew immediately that she was in the hands of an expert, but it wasn't a comforting thought. He knew exactly where to squeeze, and how hard. The room darkened, and Andrea was aware that her hands had become fluttering, useless objects as she clawed feebly at his iron fingers. She began to weaken began losing consciousness. She knew she might never return to this world. This was it, the end of her life. Her left hand closed on the gun and fumbled at it, played feebly with the immovable trigger to no avail. She had no mastery over her fingers. There would be a safety somewhere, but even if she found it, she wouldn't recognize what it was, wouldn't be able to move it. The darkness deepened. Andrea was aware that her assailant was still smiling at her, as if they were friends, and this was pleasant discourse. He leaned in even closer to her, and she smelled his fetid breath as he whispered, Goodbye for a while. He almost sang the words. She inanely thought the tune was the theme song of an old TV show. His grip on her neck tightened painfully, and she became incredibly lightheaded, as if she might rise like a balloon into a dark sky. So this is how it is. She became aware of movement, and as she lost consciousness, saw that Grace had come in from the suite's bedroom where the girls, 
Her students were watching TV before preparing to sleep on two double beds and a rollaway. She was wearing jeans and a t-shirt that left her midriff bare. Grace. 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 Grace was standing frozen, her slender figure caught in an awkward pose, her wide blue gaze fixed in horror. Her right fist was raised to her mouth so that she was gnawing on a knuckle. Andrea had never seen anyone look so terrified. As the darkness engulfed her, she felt that somehow she would remember Grace that way forever. The killer unfastened his AK-47 from its belt clasp and kept it aimed at the thin, blonde girl from the museum. With careful conversational prodding, she'd told him all he needed to know, who the group was, why they were in the city.